Hi folks, welcome to the Halloween special of the Deceptively Clever podcast. I'm Justin, and at some point in the past, I called John. As the title suggests, we're covering Scottish witches in this one. Some pretty horrific events are explored with the tact and professionalism that you've come to expect from us. John gives some pretty handy advice regarding hedgehog nutrition. Please listen to the end before acting on any of it. And also congratulations to listener Ben, who correctly solved the stolen shoe mystery, which we resolve right at the top. Good luck, and enjoy. Have we got an opener? Um, Did I tell you about the fox stealing my shoes? What? No. <laughs> there you go. There's Seems relevant. Uh, so, staying in my flat and there's a patio and I left my shoes out there just leaning against the door because they were absolutely soaked. I'd walked to work in them and walked back and it was horrible weather and all this stuff and I ruined them. So I just left them out on the patio and the next morning I woke up and one of them was in the middle of the patio. The other one was still against the door but had no laces and I was very much confused. Just sort of said, oh okay, lean them back up against the door was like, well, they're ruined anyway. Left them because they were still wet. Next morning, it's in the patio next door. And one of them's in the middle of my patio. One of them's in next door's patio. Both laces have gone. And I was like, okay, great. Ruined. I can't get that one now. I've only got the one shoe. Figured it was a cat. And then we were sat the next night watching The Fall on Netflix. Have you watched it? Not yet, no. It's genuinely fantastic, but very, very, very creepy. And suddenly, it just sounds like outside, in the dark, is there's someone grabbing the handle of the patio door. So I was like, oh my god, this is terrifying. The just time has come, up. this is how it ends. Yeah, I was like, he's come from the TV to that, to that door. Oh my god. So, stood up, threw open the curtain, and it was a fox playing with a broom, leaned against the window, so that it sounded like someone was grabbing the handle. And it was terrifying. But I think he's the culprit. And I think he stole my shoes. And now both of them have gone. I don't know where they are. I should probably have taken them inside when I had the chance. But I think the fox took it. Two things. You did tell me about this. You blamed it on a cat. And yeah, you said you were not going to go fox. and get the other shoe. Secondly, I'm tired of you people telling me you won't come to Australia because the animals are so scary. When you've got foxes coming up to your door in the middle of a horror TV show. <laughs> what is this? What is this? They have big teeth. Ah, foxes are fine. They're scared. They're scared of you. Mm. Yeah, I love this fox. I used to walk home from... Because my mates were lived close to the universities and I'm about half an hour walk away. So I used to walk home late at night and I used to see it on my walk home down Leith Walk a lot of nights. I have an affinity with that fox. And I love him. Sounds like a friend. I think he is a friend and he loves me. Can you can you feed foxes? Is that okay? Um, I don't know, actually. Don't give hedgehogs milk. Oh. There you go. Is that, a, is that a comment from the audience? Yeah, that's uh, for anyone listening who wants to feed their hedgehog. Don't feed it milk. I don't think I've ever seen a hedgehog in the wild, but I will now know not... Maybe you can feed them oat milk, because oat milk is the future. So, now I'm going to tell you why I chose my object. Okay, I'm ready to hear that. It is currently as we record, the 17th of September, which means that in about a month and 
two weeks, it will be October the 31st. I figure that gives you plenty of time to record and edit this episode in time for Halloween. And therefore, I've chosen something related to Halloween. I have got enough time to do that, yes. I'm now racking my brains, like, what's this going to be? Because I don't know very much about Halloween. It's not so much about Halloween, but it's about something everyone associates with Halloween, and that is witches. Oh, I thought you were going to say pumpkin, and I was like, well, this is interesting. Witches. Brilliant. And, seeing as I'm in Scotland, I'm doing Scottish witches. Oh, my favourite thing in the entire world. So, even better. The best. So, the best is your search engine ready? Oh, it's so ready. I'd like you to search just the words news from Scotland, but news is spelled N-E-W-E-S. Oh, it's a top top result. Ah, oh, that's right, I need to be in images, don't I? Search engine yeah. was not ready, John. I was too excited. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, it's a PDF option. I'm going to go with the not PDF option. <laughs> oh, so, there's some nice drawings. Yeah, so do you want to tell me what you see? So I can see mostly pictures, and it's mostly the same two pictures. There is some sort of structure to hang people from, some sort of church-looking thing, some people on some horses, and a dark guy in a coat with a black hat on a horse. (laughs) So one of the images you should see will be a woodcut or a a, um, template for a woodcut. And it's got... Is that technically a lithograph, or is a lithograph from metal? I thought lithographs were metal. Okay, yep, me too. But there should be a ship in the top right. There should be some people in the middle having a chat. There should be a man lying down next to some barrels. If you've got that, you've got the right image. I have got that image. That's not the one I, I saw immediately, but I can see that now. So that should get you there. So this is a woodcut print, and this was in the news from scotland that was a pamphlet from 1591 that's not the full title the full title is news from scotland declaring the damnable life of dr fian a notable sorcerer who was burned at edinburgh in january last 1591 so basically this was a pamphlet from the 16th century that recorded and explained the witch trials that took place in north berwick which is not too far from Edinburgh, in 1590 to 1591, and where a lot of witches were accused, tortured, and murdered, one of which was Dr. Fian, who is in the title. Don't know if I'm saying his name right. It's F-I-A-N. That's how I'm interpreting it. Oh, so we've got a man, a man witch. A <laughs> man witch. And interestingly, I learned, just call them witches. A lot of people think that a male witch is a warlock. Not the case. A man can be a witch too. So Not in Scotland. Okay, got it. That's a good little fun fact for you. So I found this. Um, I decided I was going to do something related to Halloween and witches. And I found this. And this version that I found was reprinted in 1816. And you can read it online on the British Library. So it's got it all printed out. Um, but this image, importantly, is one of the, uh, I think, earliest and one of the only real images we have of contemporary witch hunts. So quite an important object, I would say. Very important. So they they rounded a bunch of them up and did it all at once? Yeah, so it definitely... I'm just going to double-check what my statements were because uh, 
But um, yeah, so I will get it more into it when I'm into my statements. But basically, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about witches in Scotland. And I think there's two tactics when we do this podcast. You either talk about the object itself or you use the object to get into a narrative, a wider narrative. And that's my tactic today. So we're going to talk right. a lot more about King James the Sixth and First. We're going to talk okay. about witches in Scotland and we're going to talk about how people are tried in witchcraft. So lots of fun stuff. We have an object, but the object is not our, not our, not our end goal. We're no. going somewhere else. Would you like to know a little bit more about witchcraft in Scotland? Uh, lots. So this will be my, my final intro before we go into the object and we learn a bit more. So okay. University of Edinburgh has a lot on witchcraft as well. And they've identified over 3,800 cases of witchcraft accusations in Scotland between 1563 and 1736. So that's a whole lot of people. And 1563 is an important date because that was when Scotland made witchcraft illegal. So hence why that's the first date. And it peaked between 1590 and 1662. And there were five large-scale witch hunts. The first being the North Berwick witch trials. So importantly, this is much higher than England. This is so much higher than England um, because it was based very much in Protestant religion, and which is and tends to be a bit stricter in Scotland. So this is very much linked to religious sort of the idea is that to find witches is to prove your worth and to show that you are more godly and worthy of religious reward and all this stuff because you're proving that you are good and that there are other people out there who are bad. Double and when points. that's yeah, when that's taken when that's sort of tied with mass hysteria, you get people who are pointing the finger to loads of people and then everyone's buying into it because they also want to prove it and all this it just keeps going and keeps going. Hence why it was around for centuries. So there's someone who's like, Well oh, maybe that person just likes peppermint tea and everyone's like, Oh, you're a witch as well? No, no. All right, you shut up while we execute this person. Yeah, and 84% of those in Scotland were women, and half of those were recorded to be over 40 years old. However, there's a general belief that they were sort of, this. they targeted the poor or they targeted healers and midwives, but that's not necessarily the case. I think it's more, it's broader than that. I think people think that it can be pinpointed on a certain group of people, but in Scotland, that's not the case. Okay. Um, And it's believed that they're not sure because evidence is lacking. But there's an estimate that about two thirds of the accused witches in Scotland were executed. So two thirds. Yeah. So a bit of an intro there into Scotland's history of witchcraft. That's not an I mean, obviously, we're pretty confident now zero of them were witches. That's not a terrible rate. Like a third of them were not proven. That no, a third of them. a third of them weren't killed. Oh, it <laughs> wasn't ex- like guilty or not guilty. Two thirds were executed. Oh, oh, I suppose two thirds of accused witches. That's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, it's it's all horrible. It's a it's an atrocity. It's a genocide. But yeah, it wasn't like you got accused and ninety five percent of the time you were executed, even though you'd done probably yeah. nothing wrong in most cases. There was some sort of trial system. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe a third of them just had powerful friends and they were like, nah, you can't kill that one. A lot of torture as well. Ah, oh, what are you Basic- going to do that for? Basically, the tactic was the accused person is tortured and then they just obviously 
because they're being tortured and torture doesn't work. They just admit to things or they accuse other people and therefore it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. And in Scotland, I think the main form of torture was sleep deprivation. So you just keep people awake until they eventually confess. You also could find evidence of witchcraft, which was just to find scars or warts or any sort of blemish that suggests contact with the devil, which obviously you're going to find on people. Um, so it's just a very sort of cyclical thing that keeps going and people buy into it and all this stuff. So I'll be honest, this does not sound like a pleasant place to be. It does not, does it? No. It's the dark, the dark history of people dressing up as witches on Halloween. So there you go. We'll, we'll make this lighter in the edit. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean we'll make this lighter in the edit? What's the editor going to do with it? Maybe this will be one of our more factual ones. I'm just, honestly, you've, you've spoken a lot and I've been listening and I've taken notes, but I, all I'm really doing is thinking about whether the trial in Outlander still seems factually accurate. Again, haven't seen Outlander. Heard no, you talk no. about it on this podcast. It might have no. been. Well, I mean... I'm, you know, it probably wasn't on a few levels, but there was a witch trial. Um, I think this is a thing we don't really talk about very much now. Maybe, I mean, I guess people were killed for a lot of reasons. So it was worse in Scotland because they're Protestant. Does that mean well, I th- England I think... going through one of its weird Catholic phases at this time? No, I don't think it's because they were Protestant. I think it's because the, the form of Puritanism and Protestantism was a bit more intense but ah, okay. it was Queen Elizabeth at the time because when she died, James VI of Scotland took over the English crown as well. Inherited the English crown, I should say, not took over. Yeah, yeah. In 1603. So she was also Protestant, but I think had been raised a Catholic. I can't remember. I get very confused with Protestants and Catholic during this time because everyone's chopping and changing. Oh, yeah. If I if I knew more about this time period, I'd, I'd speak more confidently, but uh, unfortunately not my area of expertise. No, there's a little Shakespeare crossover, but I can't remember Shakespeare ever dealing with witches in the north, so... Interesting. I'll, I will have a little Shakespeare fact for you later, by the way. Oh, good. Excellent. That'll keep us uh, on board. Um, so, right. do you fancy um, some statements? Ready for some statements, yes. Statement number one. Statement number one. So, are you familiar with Arthur Miller's The Crucible? The building? The, no. Is there a book? There's a play by a play? Arthur, oh, no. by Arthur the... Miller called The Crucible, written in 1953, and two characters in his play were featured in the North Berwick witch trials. Oh. Statement number two. That's the statement. That's the statement, yeah. Two characters from the trial. Yeah. Statement number two. The North Berwick witch trials came about when King James believed that he and his Danish bride, Anne, were targeted by witches who conjured dangerous storms to kill them. Three. The author is alleged of the news from Scotland, so this is very object-specific, this one. The author is thought to be James Carmichael, who helped King James VI write a book on demonology. There we go. That's some pretty solid statement. So I'll just going to very briefly go over them because I feel like I said they're very complicated. Got statement one is two characters in The Crucible, are inspired by the trials. Statement two, King James thought that he was being attacked by witches. And statement three, James Carmichael wrote News of Scotland and he helped James the Sixth write a book on demonology. Bish bash bosh. Excellent statements. They're all multi-dimensional. Any one of those required a certain level of invention. 
which I think you are to be commended <laughs> for. Uh, I guess we might as well go chronological. What is the general gist of The Crucible? The play, not the snooker venue. <laughs> so The Crucible is a very famous play, and it was premiered in 1953, um, and it is all about the Salem witch trials. So Salem is in Massachusetts. It's nothing to do with Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fairly fictitious, but it features a lot of real people, mostly from the Salem witch trials, which were a thing that happened. For example, there's a character called Giles Corey, who is crushed to death by stones. And he was a real, he was accused of witchcraft and was killed. So he's very much basing this off a real story. And it also came out during the time of McCarthyism in um, America, where everyone's being accused of being a communist. So you can see the things in play there. Mm-hmm. Um, so while researching, he looked at witch trials, North Break witch trials very key in Scotland, and he put in two figures from the North Berwick witch trials into the story as a little sort of, I suppose, homage to Scotland's witch history and also very influential witch history. Mm, this is another time people have been persecuted and persecuted. Yeah. Okay, so the characters were so sort of there was... directly taken from what he thought was history. Yes, so one of them was James Smith and he plays a very small... He's a very small figure in the play. He's just sort of one of the more angrier people who advocates for the... So the sort of story of The Crucible is that these uh, girls are seen dancing with, um, I think it's someone's servant, naked in the woods, and it looks like a pagan ritual and it looks like witchcraft, and therefore it sort of starts this trial and this hysteria builds throughout the story and there's various accusations of characters and it focuses on people's affairs and things. So... That was an incredibly brief, incredibly brief intro, but... I could see how that would be a story. Yeah. So one of the characters is James Smith, and he's a very small part, but he's just the person... He's one of the main advocates for sort of investigating and an advocate for the witch trial. He's very, very small in the play. He's more influential in the film version, um, which came out in 1996. And then there's also Margaret Aitken, who is a bigger role because she claims to have a power to detect other witches. Um, so this is sort of important in the story because she's sort of saying, I can tell who these people are and all this stuff. But then she turns out to be a fraud and is then also wrapped up in the witch trials. So sort of interesting characters at play there. I feel like claiming to have a power is not the best idea. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's right. It's bold. I can I, see I, the logic because she's like, no, I'm so good and pure doing the work of whatever God's work they thought they were doing is is beneficial. But mm, saying I'm also a person endowed with other than human abilities, that's a bold play. Because then they're like, well, what if you use that power for bad? Or you're just making a lot of enemies immediately, aren't you? Because you're just going, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. And then everyone's going to be like, well, this is crap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because literally everyone in the room's like, well, what if she accuses me next? Yeah, exactly. Maybe I'll accuse her. So then how did she end up in the trial? So I think I think generally um, she was discovered to be a fraud. I can't remember the specifics of it. Um, I think she accuses someone who... I think it is something where she accuses the person who has quite a lot of favour in the group and therefore everyone turns on her and um, I think regrets sort of believing her so much. And then they think maybe she's evil, so they start accusing her. So I think she pushes it a bit too far. And uh, 
it backfires. Okay, so that's what happens in the play, which is supposedly taken from a similar character's role in the actual events in Scotland. Yeah, so James Smith was someone who um, assisted James Carmichael when he was leading the witch trials in North Berwick, and then Margaret Aitken was someone who was, again, claiming to believe that she knew who the witches were, but then got wrapped up in the witch trials herself. So slightly altered roles, but that was sort of the point he was trying to... I think he was just trying to reference them subtly. And then they're all wrapped up with these characters from Salem. So Yeah, I feel like we've covered that one. <laughs> but do uh, you believe um, it? I think or am that's I a probably, witch? I think that's probably true at this early stage. <laughs> at this point? Yeah. When it's... Yeah. When it, there's a 66% chance it's going to be true, you think that this one is true. Hmm. The old uh, goat behind the door problem. Um, <laughs> I think... problem is, you could have easily known about this play slash film and just said, here are two characters that are from it. You then could have even just used two characters that are actually in the play and said they came from the Scotland ones. It wouldn't have taken that much creativity once you'd had the idea. However, I'll probably reserve some of my logic for the end because feel, we've got a couple of slightly, pretty large stuff. Yep. I feel slightly judged with that uh, with that um, no, I'm, dismantling I'm stand- of my logic. I'm still saying it's true because <laughs> it would be too much... It still would have been a good lie, is what I'm saying, uh, at this point. it's it's The point of that was also that how on earth would I know whether that's true or not because I haven't <laughs> seen the play and it's all plausible. So which I statement think... would you like to tackle next? Well, obviously the big, the big one is the second statement, uh, which I guess we might as well do. So I actually thought, I did not know that King James had a Danish bride, but that makes sense. Um, so they've, he's ascended to the British throne. It's not the British throne yet. So he's ascended to the English throne is what I meant to say. The British throne's an interesting idea that I hadn't even contemplated as I said that sentence. Um, and he, he's ascended to the he, English throne whilst holding the crown of Scotland also. So I can tell you the dates of those, actually. I've got them here. Oh, yeah, sure. um, If I can just find them. So he was the King of Scotland from 1567 to 1625, and he was also the King of England and Ireland from 1603. So we're actually talking about the period before he was King of England as well. Oh, I see. Yeah. Although the trials started, got serious in 1590, so quite late. Yep. So he's already been king. He was actually quite old when he took over England as well. He also got the crown very, very young. The Scottish one. Yeah. So I think he was like he was he was very, very young, <laughs> basically. He was a popular Scottish king, yes. Um, do you know what? I'm not. I assume I think so. Yeah. Although I'm not saying that confidently. But, no, uh, I just feel like he's he's held that down for a long time. Obviously, things got bad after he died because Scotland didn't have a defender anymore. Yeah. I think he was. I think he was popular. But so he's got a Danish bride. They are kicking about down in Edinburgh, probably. They <laughs> think that there's some bad storms. The storms so actually happened. What I'll do is I'll if you go back to the image, or if you're still looking at the image, um, yes. I'm going to point some specific things out to you. So on the top left, you can see that there is a ship that is sunk by a storm, aka witchcraft. Yes. And in the centre, you should be able to see a group of women together. Um, also, yes. And, yep. And they are, if I can just find it, they're a group of female witches who are listening to the devil, who is on the left, preaching a sermon at Halloween 1590. And next to them is a little man sat at a desk, and that's Dr. Fian, a schoolmaster of Haddington, who is 
writing what they are doing down. So acting as their clerk, I suppose. <laughs> then you've got some other stories from the trials. So at the right, you've got some which is stirring a cauldron. Um, and <laughs> this one's the best one. The man lying down um, in what looks like a wine cellar is um, someone who allegedly discovered some witches in Tranent, which is an area of um, Scotland not too far from... It's, I think it's just below North Berwick and just to the east of um, Edinburgh. And he discovered some witches who then transported him to a wine cellar in Bordeaux. Transported as in took him or they transported through time and space in a magically that was not magically magically <sighs> what is important is that the pamphlet news from scotland says that this is completely false uh it is described as most false but this didn't at all stop the illustrator from going that's a good one i'm going to draw it and he does look very confused doesn't he as he's lying on the floor there well you would be if you just woke up in bordeaux I mean, if, I, if, if there are any witches listening who would like to transport me anywhere, Bordeaux is not a place to which I would object. But And if they're listening as well, get us to the same one. We can share a glass of wine. Record an episode together. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? I think if we're going to do that, shall we just ask to go to Burgundy? Yeah, sure. Uh, I suppose we, yeah. You don't have any objections? Let's do it. And then maybe, like, transport us to, I don't know, Naples and we'll go get some nice pizza or something. Hmm. Just I mean, keep us going. It kind of starts to sound like the witches are working for us. I'm going to go ahead and presume we'll be working for them uh, if they have the power to do such things. Also, but... Justin, hmm. um, side side note, I, yeah. I know where I'm going to take you for tea when you come to Edinburgh. Oh, just out of this mid-statement too. We've got a tea spot. What? Where? Yeah. where? Pray tell. I can't remember what it's called, oh. but it's a place where they do, they have a menu every six weeks and they do it for six weeks and it looks amazing and they just go, we're going to, do a menu based on a theme, and then they just. I thought you meant like drinking tea. We're, we're having a. No, but we can get we can get. I think you can you pay for the set menu, but you can also then pay for uh, wines to be paired with it. So drinks pairing. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy afternoon tea, but this sounds a lot better. Afternoon oh, wow. tea. We'll we'll go to the Balmoral for afternoon tea. There you go. Okay. <laughs> this sounds like the most cultured day I'll have in the next ten years. Um. Oh wow. Okay, I'll do like a plan. I do like some. Uh, Advance and notice. Then we'll go get some whiskey. That sounds like a day, doesn't it? From the bar downstairs. We'll just be on a. We're on a nice. We'll start far away at wherever the fancy tea place is, and we'll just work our way back. Yep. Recording well, episodes as we go. It's at this point, it's hard to imagine we won't all be travelling internationally in 2023. So let's book it in. <laughs> book it in. Maybe I'll we can it. get a coupon. Oh, that'd be great. We'll use our fame. We'll use our podcast fame. Well, that's true. We've got a lot of time to. We've got a lot of time to build, to build up, up yeah. some some notoriety before then. I'll, mm. I'll tell them now to roll out the red carpet. Maybe we can have like a, a spin-off podcast, which is recorded in bars, and it'll be it'll be more more relaxed, less formal. Yeah, that could be the uh, the post show. Yes, the po- we'll do the post show in the bar. That's a good idea. I quite like that. And we can the intro could be as walking downstairs to the bar. Yeah, it'll be sound cool. You just open the door and you get that little like murmur that's in British pubs. Let us know, any listeners, if you'd like us to do that. We'll happily go drink for you. <laughs> Uh, I can think of a few that probably would have no issue with it. Yeah, we might come along. Yes. But I think we've got off topic. <laughs> uh, I'm happy to go on dull answers that involve tasting menus with wine pairings. Um, I know, sounds delicious, doesn't so, it? So there's a storm, which is the boat yeah. getting hit, and they've just decided that it was witches. I haven't got a well, year he... for that. This is somewhere close to the publication of News of Scotland, 1591. 
So the news from Scotland is detailing the trials that were inspired by this accusation. Okay, so, so this big set of five trials started because, because of weather. Yeah, because they are the storm is happening off North Berwick Harbour. Oh, so wherever they, they call for the storm from, that's where it would come to. Yes, which is why the, there's that the detailing of those witches conjuring the storms on the uh, the woodcut, the print. King James believes that they are doing it to him, so he goes, oh my god, witches, and then it crops up in North Berwick, and they go, it was these people. They torture them, they say, yeah, it was me, and I did it with these people, and then just keeps going. I haven't been to Scotland, but can you confirm that Scotland has weather all of the time? There is weather. There is and always weather in Scotland. Sometimes it is good, and sometimes it is bad, and... It really depends if how many witches are around. Well, presumably the weather's been really good since they killed them all. It's actually lovely today. So yeah, because uh, there's no witches. Yeah, thank God for that. Thank God for all those witches. Do you think it's possible that in 1590 witches were actually a terrible problem in Scotland, and we should all be thankful of the government for their mass genocide for saving us from the harm that was coming? I might write a paper saying that there might actually be some truth to the accusations. What, and then, like, let someone read it? And then get it published, and people will go, this guy's insane, and um, he should never do a podcast. Yeah, good luck with that. Um, I won't be putting my name on that, <laughs> and it won't be being published from deceptivelyclever.net. Mm, I don't know. I think we could maybe get something going. We'll need a separate blog on the, on the website for John's ideas that Justin does not endorse. Do you want to know what I actually also found out while doing this research? is that a lot of witches were accused of casting spells and doing stuff. But a lot of the time they were benevolent. Like, one of the witches who was... One of the very first witches who was accused in the North Berwick Trials apparently used to sneak out of her master's house and heal the sick. And then she was... The master was like, she's leaving at night or whatever. I'm going to go torture her and make her confess to witchcraft. Yeah, how dare she? What how an absolute... dare she? But I think that the ideal was that there's a figure in Christian thought who is like a good figure, but it's the devil tricking them. So convincing them to do this stuff. So I think that's the idea that like, even if they've got power, it's witchcraft and therefore that is not good. Yeah, they they weren't really going around judging their actions. It was more of a yes or no question. Yeah. Hmm. Which again, then makes you think this person who is saying I can hunt witchcraft, witches, I know they are witches. You'd go... Are you one of them? <laughs> yeah, I would not have been. Let's say I did have the power to tell who was a witch, I would not have been volunteering my services. Yeah. There's also two forms, two main themes of two main forms of witchcraft. And that is casting spells and pacts with the devil, which I thought was interesting. Oh, I mean I don't know which of those is better. What's the main benefit of having pacts with the devil? What do you get out of that? A pact with the devil also there's a theory that that's what leads to more women being accused than men because a pact of the devil often includes a some form of uh, like sexual relationship between the devil and the person accused and more women were accused of that because obviously people were so against homosexuality back then that it was seen as not something that could happen which is quite interesting and the a devil's pa- probably much more interested in making pacts with women if he has to have sex with them in order to seal the deal. <laughs> Apparently, only 
heterosexual relationships lead to pact to the devil. Yeah, it turns out that the devil's a heterosexual male. Yeah. Well, no, he's 85% heterosexual, heterosexual male. Oh, no, sorry, 80, 84. Um, oh, I just struggle like with this it, stuff. Like, the logic they used is, like, almost something, but just painfully not. Yeah, it's just, it's just mad, isn't it? Like, I think for an idea to get to me now in 2020, enough people had to accept it. And they literally just sound like the kind of stuff someone said on a whim. Yeah, it really does, doesn't it? If you gave a 10-year-old a colouring book and said, come up with some ideas, it's that level. And they had national policy based on it. I know, yeah. I wonder when it was... I wonder if it's still illegal, if it was ever taken out. No, that's the kind of thing The Sun would write an article on that wouldn't be accurate in any way. No, someone would do a YouTube video on about it. Like, things that are still illegal in Scotland that you won't believe. Or a podcast about it. Well, I mean, I hope... I was about to say I hope we're giving a certain level of nuance here. We're not. We're at least giving it the time that it deserves rather than claiming to have all of the information in a three-minute YouTube video with big, colourful, neon writing. Um, Here's the thing. I'm not promising anyone's going to be amazed by anything that ever happens in this podcast. If they do, bonus. But that's not what the title's going to be. You won't believe what happens next. You will, actually. Two guys will talk about some stuff for a while. One of them will take a lucky guess out of three. And yeah. we'll probably chat about, you know, stuff that's happening in Tasmania for 10 minutes at the end. We should, uh, I think we've, I think we are losing the plot of this uh, episode, to be quite honest as well. Well, I'm stalling a lot because I've got no idea. Um, the problem with Statement 3 is, for the listeners at home, um, the author of the person who wrote the thing also helped James Carmichael, who was organising the trials, write a book about demonology. Um, helped King James write a book about demonology. Oh, I wrote the wrong James down. Two Jameses. There we go. Scribbled that out. Um, doesn't change my thoughts on it much, other than it seems like statements two and three lend towards King James being very interested in witchcraft, which somewhat yes. undermines statement one. Would you like to know a bit more about King James's interest? Yeah, and the book as well, please. So he'd been to Denmark, where witch hunts were more common, um, uh... because they... which. Well, I suppose his Danish wife as well. Um, and they had begun in Europe in the sort of 15th century and were becoming increasingly popular. And so the idea is that he saw himself as a bit of an intellectual. He saw witch hunts and witchcraft as a form of theology um, and therefore wrote demonology um, to explain witchcraft and how it operates and how to catch it and was effectively trying to convince sceptics that this was a real thing that they need to sort of address. It feels very much that he's sort of like, he's pinned this as his policy and he's going to convince everyone. Yeah, I've also just realised you're much less likely to have a revolution if you've you've got all your people very worried about either finding witches or not being accused of being a witch. Yeah. There's a lot of that that goes on in uh, political life in various countries still. With different <laughs> labels. Um, it's an excellent distraction device. Um, and it's written in the form of a dialogue, which I wasn't quite sure what that means because I haven't read it. Um, oh, like between two people? Yes. So it, And then it, it's split into three books, and each book um, addresses a different sort of theme or, or form of witchcraft. And I think it even touches on werewolves and vampires at one point. Um, but basically, it just says, or it, the idea is it's saying that Look, witches exist, and we must detect and punish them for it. And then what? There's a there's a, a 
part of the Bible, isn't it, that says no one should let a witch live or something? I can't remember exactly what the phrasing is, but it's not that informal. But uh, there you right, go. Right, okay. This is one of the times where people took the Bible literally. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that sounds like an interesting read. Probably won't get to that this week, but <laughs> I'll put it on the list. Um, I have lost a bit of respect for King James today. I'm, I I feel like I fancy like reading them, though. They're not too long, and you can find them on... I mean, you can buy them, or you can find them on various sources. But uh, well, You shouldn't have to buy those anymore. I'm pretty sure the copyright's well gone on that one. That's very true. But uh, I, th- I think... I read a little bit of it on Google Books, so there you go. Okay. The Disney Corporation probably bought it. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go, there's, folks. There's my controversial politics for the day. Disney, not a very good company. <laughs> uh, I feel like we probably shouldn't spend too much time with me walking myself around in circles. Cause yeah, we're what, going what, quite what, are you thinking right, what are you thinking right now, now that we've done all the statements? Right now, I think statement one's a lie. I think exactly what I said in the beginning... Um, I can see how you would have seen a picture of a ship that's crashing and then come up with the idea that King James blamed weather or blamed witches on, blamed weather on witches. Um, too many details in the, the book one for me to say that's the lie, even though they're all, uh, they're all good lies. All, whichever <laughs> one is a lie is a lie, is a lie for, for good reason. You put some effort into it. I don't think you've tried to slip any language tricks through this week, which I appreciate. Um, <laughs> I've got no good basis for anything. I didn't catch any any slips, but I think in the interest of good time, let's go. Statement one, lie. I'll write it down. Maybe I'll film it for the Instagram stories. As, statement as one, a, lie. So you think a, that there think aren't two characters in the Crucible? I think you just knew about a book. No, you knew about a play. This is what I'm saying. Like I don't actually think this. I think I'm going to be wrong, and you're going to tell me why I'm wrong. I think you knew about a thing that was about something like the thing. And you picked a couple of characters out of it. You have discovered my logic perfectly. So well done for that. You've got that correct. Insert uh, cheering noise now. I'm just writing out a scorecard. Justin, one. <laughs> John, I'll leave that blank. Oh, so that's exactly what happened. So I, I studied The Crucible in uh, secondary school. And I was a big fan of it. I thought it was great. I thought you knew a lot about it. Okay. And watched the film as well while I was in this class. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is in it. He's excellent. There's a bit oh, where yeah. he shouts, then I say God is dead. It's brilliant. Is he a method actor? Yeah. He's like the, the method actor to sort of to rule all Did he play actors. Lincoln? He did play Lincoln. He's the one who's also a vampire, most... so a bit of a crossover. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's exactly what I did. I like that story. I just inserted a couple of characters. So that, that book is based off the Salem Witch Trials, so a lot of the people are real in that story. Uh, a lot of the sort of... There's various stories of affairs and things like that that are, are p- probably added in. Um, James Smith, I completely made up, not a real person. Um, but Margaret Aitken was someone who was accused of witchcraft. So she was from... She was the Great Witch of Balweary, so another Scottish one. A bit later, though, and she claimed to be able to detect other witches and many of the people she accused were just put to death based on her word alone she was then found out to be a fraud and it was a big scandal at the time because obviously loads of people had just died and I think that's also what urged uh, King James to write demonology so a bit of a link there Right. so James Smith's made up random guy so the but character, Margaret Aitken is the real the character was actually accurate just not in the play 
yeah, so the she's a real person. She just wasn't. She was never in the play. I just Gee, you're really banking on me not having seen that. Yeah, really am. Yeah, I was. I was very nervous then, which that is was why. Kind of a, yeah, kind of. I a, asked first yeah. right. if you'd said you had seen it. I was going to say that only one character, and it's James Smith, and he's a small part. But because you said you hadn't, I said both, and said that she had a bigger part. So I was no, trying to add some. You can't do that. You can't change the statement based on my knowledge. That's true. That was a bit I'm sneaky. Calling, I don't know who the official adjudicator is. I'm calling for <laughs> ruling on that. Wow, I kind of respect it. That's a, that's a bold move. It is a bold move, but you got the point. So there you go. And we got to learn about Margaret Aitken. So there you go. Yes. Uh, Bonuses all around. Yeah. Oh, good. Good object. I quite like the. I quite like visually like the wooden thing. It's a good one, isn't it? Uh, I like. There's it. a lot of detail going on. I do like the poor little clerk guy, the doctor, who's just sitting at the desk while all this is happening. I probably should have talked more about him, but I don't know that much. But he's the one who is declaring the damnable life of Doctor Fian. So he yep. is the Doctor Fian of the title of the book, the pamphlet even. Very good. And it's it's also spooky for Halloween. I will make we'll well, yeah, we could we could hold it back, we could release it on Halloween. Um I do one Have day nice want to get more into the Scottish Pixie religion stuff. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it is uh I do like doing the Scottish object objects, but I will branch out uh, eventually. We both have a sort of tendency towards things that we have some connection with, which I think is yeah. nice. And also, we have quite a lot of listeners in Scotland. We have a listener in Inverness. Do we? Well, we had a we had someone access the thing from Inverness. I probably shouldn't say we have a listener. Hello We've to the got... listener in Inverness, if you are still listening at this point. Um, Hello to the listener in Inverness. Correct. Yeah, we had quite a few Scottish downloads. The, got the a few, statistics got are a few not Americans anyway. as well. Yeah, oh, so many. There's someone in the middle of Utah. Well, it's handy that I've got a... Morgan to spread it around American friends, so uh, I don't know where they are. If there's one in Utah. We've got nine states Hello. covered. One of them's unknown. Oregon, Wyoming, Colorado, Ohio, Indiana, Virginia, Texas, and Utah. Two people in Utah. What? That, they're all the people who are listening to it? They're the states where the feed has been accessed. I can't tell you anything more. We're, we're going to be big in, uh, big in America, there, aren't we? We've got 40 in Australia, and I normally wouldn't click through and specifically specify where, but um, there's a place in Tasmania called Ulverston, which is probably a place there's in England a... as well, and it comes up yeah, there's as a, 19. There's, there's a place in uh, Cumbria. My auntie oh. used to live in Ulverston. Well, there you go. Yeah, my family's from there originally in Tasmania. It says 19 visits. I get the slight suspicion that maybe my traffic from my computer <laughs> might be coming up as Ulverston because... No one in Alvest is listening to the podcast at all. Um, so, if to all the listeners, if you haven't realised, we're recording this after just releasing it. Um, so that's why we're excited about all the people who are listening. And a big thank you to everyone who's listening, because it's very nice, all the comments we've had. Um, I thought and I'd also- say mathematically you will have figured out that if you've listened to any episodes between the official release and now i have edited them in the intervening time and hopefully i'm all caught up and we're going week to week we are very appreciative i'm very appreciative that anyone's listened if you are still here and if you are still listening to this episode then you've already made it so many episodes and i think you're in it for life now 
Yeah, you basically never get to leave. Yeah, that's it now. You're a deceptive. Or you can share it with one hundred people. That's what you can do. You can either listen forever, or you can get one hundred other people to give it a go, and then you can leave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bring us a hundred souls. Probably don't feed them oat milk. You never know. It's not worth it. It's not worth the risk. Just let the hedgehog find the hedgehog food. I'm now questioning if it's don't give hedgehogs. Maybe it was give hedgehog milk. <laughs> <laughs> Two very, very saying... different things. Either do it or don't do it. Yeah. I think one of the options like kills hedgehogs. I think that's one of those things where you need to set up the bias in favour of the least bad outcome. Yeah. And new, don't give them new, the, message, the <laughs> new messages to the listeners. Google whether to <laughs> eat hedgehog's milk. Consult the local authorities, please. Yeah. yeah. This is not a good start to podcast we, about facts. <laughs> we don't need to poison, poison things. Oh, God, this is chaos today, isn't it? On madness. my end. Absolute madness over there. You seem fine. Right. Oh, oh, oh boy. No. <laughs> absolutely not. Don't Hi, guys. Oh, come on. Sorry. I just Sorry. started Jesus. it. Jesus. Come on, guys. Oh, dear. Don't do that to me. Okay, I'm not going to say anything until you speak to me. Go. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Deceptively Clever podcast. Oh, see, I've already forgotten what I was going to say.